I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're listening to Footy Prime News and Such, your one-stop destination for footy news and such. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Good Friday, football fans. Welcome to Free Prime's News and Such, where we, we tackle a couple of issues, maybe talk to someone. And today we're going to talk once again with Forge FC's Bobby Smyrniotis for, I think, the second time in a couple of weeks. Forge coming off a really good performance in a narrow loss to Cruz Azul in the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, and then it's off to the Azteca next time out for Forge. Uh, this, of course, amidst their pre-season getting set for the CPL. So we'll have Bobby on shortly. But to start with, boys, um, Manchester United making lots of headlines once again. Um, there's a lot of conjecture about divisions in the room, much today surrounding Harry Maguire and the captaincy. And does Cristiano Ronaldo want said captaincy? It's got to the point this week where both Marcus Rashford and Maguire have gone public via social media to say, listen, everything's fine. We're a big, happy family. We're united. We're worrying about the match against Leeds on Sunday. Please stop making things up. And the fact is, Craig, the the tabloid press, in this occasion, the Mirror in particular, do often make things up. But usually there's a slight, tiny bit of truth, a little flickering flame of truth to these stories. And given the way they're playing and some of the body language, clearly there's things that aren't right. At United, but is this a full-blown crisis at this point behind the scenes, or is it just the media making it far more than it actually is? Well, when you're in a side like Manchester United and they're high and they're not reaching those expectations, you've had a number of different coaches, number of different coaches of signed players. Um, there's going a few things in the dressing room that aren't perfect. That's for sure. We never talk about the winning teams in the same light because everything seems to be rosy and everybody's together and everybody's fighting and all this kind of stuff. So it's not unusual to see this sort of thing. Um, I'm sure there's a few things in the dressing room that aren't particularly right but the bottom line is with a team like this is not playing at their full potential the pressure is going to be on them and they're under the microscope like never before and we know the media is going to try to pull it apart as much as they possibly can for headlines Jimmy Paraguay captain he's having a really bad season I'm sure you'd admit that I think he's a good player but he's having a really poor season when your captain is is consistently bad 
which is what we've seen recently. Uh, um, is that does that weigh on the team behind the scenes? Does it obviously weighs on the player as as a footballer, but as a captain? Yeah, it, listen, it, it's uh, you know if somebody says it doesn't bother you, um, it does, and especially when you're at a club like Man United, you're under the microscope, uh, under the microscope, and you're expected to perform week in and week out. Um, and it doesn't always go well as a footballer. Um, you know, sometimes you 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 get off your rhythm. Uh, you're in a little bit of a slump. Um, the simple things become very difficult and hard. Um, and then you try to get away from football, but it's almost impossible when you're in England because it's in the tabloids, it's on, it's on the news, and everywhere you look, they're always talking about it. So it's a difficult time for Harry Maguire. Um, and the only people that he'll have uh, in his corner, really, um, is, is the players in that dressing room, the staff, and, and his family. Um, because the rest of the people in the media are going to, they're always looking to get at somebody. Um, and, and it's, and it's difficult because they want to see people fail because it sells, right? Bad, bad, bad news sells. People want to see like the bad stuff. They don't want to say, oh, Maguire's on fire and he's great because it doesn't sell, does it? And I think Misery loves company. Where, exactly. And I think that's where, you know, Man United is at the moment. It's very difficult. Um, because sure we say, okay, you know, without, without, fire that you know without smoke there's a fire but those those things normally when the media is at you and they're looking for the negative news and they come after a club or players if there's nothing wrong it's ended pretty quick but this has been dragging on for so long at man united now that there obviously is some big issues within that dressing room because if there wasn't it'd be finished right the players become not not Nothing wrong here. And all of a sudden now they're back and, you know, they're, they're back performing and things are good and, you know, they're cohesive on the pitch and off the pitch. But obviously it's going on so long that there is issues within the dressing room. Will we find out? We don't know because you, as a club, you try to keep everything secretive and you try to keep it within because if it does fully get out, it's an absolute mess. So it's a difficult time for, for the club and obviously Harry Maguire as well. And you, you can see that uh, he's taking an awful lot of pressure on his shoulders right now. You know when when players are compelled to go public saying that everything's fine, great. When that happens, do you do you sniff a rat? You know, I mean, like Jimmy says, there is if everything's fine behind the scenes, then they don't care, just just move on. But when players have to come out and say, no, everything's fine, please believe me, does that just uh, raise some flags? No, I don't think so. I think that generally speaking, I think they're probably in that dressing room are probably okay for the most part. It's not the issue. They just can't perform and they can't keep the host to at Manchester United. And they got their uh, rivals next door to them in Manchester absolutely killing it at the same time, which is just not going to go down well with Manchester United fans. It doesn't help, does it? And there's always speculation around players. You mentioned Harry Maguire and I know Ralph Rangnick today, he's on Friday, he said that, listen, he's my captain till the end of the season. So let's just move on from there, which is probably the thing to do because... If you if you take the armband of a player midseason, then you're pretty much writing that player off, I would think. You know, I mean, how do you move on from there? Paul Popper mm. um, is having his people leak, 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 leak as much as he possibly can. It seems if it's not PSG, it's Real Madrid. This week it was, well, maybe uh, another Premier League team I, I'd consider moving to. Um, is he worth the headache, Jimmy? We know what he can do. He's a wonderful player when he wants to play. But if you're another Premier League team, or if you're Real Madrid, or if you're Barca, if you're Juventus, um, is he worth the headache? 
Well, he's going to be, me, he's yeah. going to want a lot of money as well. Yep. The money's going to be massive, eh, Jimmy? I mean, he's going to be looking for that. Uh, I think if, if things were going well at Manchester United, this would have been tied up. And if he was a performer on, on, on a regular basis, it would be jumping at the opportunity to make club. I'm not sure they're that willing to do. Um, he's going to be looking around as well to see what's, what is out there and what he can get personally for himself. Um, so there's nothing been sorted out and uh, I'm not sure when that will be finalized, uh, what his future will be. So that's something else hanging over top of the, the United, uh, hierarchy. I think, uh, I think he needs a change. I genuinely, genuinely do. Um, I think it's time that he moves on from Man U. Um, and I think he, he takes another challenge. Um, is he a good, I mean, look, when you, when you hear about reports and you see some videos, uh, a lot of guys like him in the dressing room. A lot of guys do like him. They love playing with him. Um, you know, he's always got that that smile and he's bubbly and he's, you know, he's got good banter when you see him on YouTube or Twitter. And um, and I think clubs will take a chance on him. Absolutely, they will. Whether he goes back to Juventus, which I think that's where his heart is at Juventus. Um, PSG, I think that'd be a great opportunity for him. And then obviously if he goes to Man United, I mean, they're talking about Man, Man City. I mean, they're, they're talking about 200,000 pounds a week. That's what he's going to be looking at making. Um, and it's just finding the, the right club that's going to spend that money. Now you're getting them on a free. So really 200,000 pounds a week isn't, isn't bad, is it? You know, if they had to pay 80, uh, 80 million or so for him and then pay him 200,000, then, then you're in trouble. But I think he'll, he'll get the money that he wants, but it's just got to be the right fit for him at the moment. And he's actually said he, he would stay in the Premier League. So I think that's going to open up a few doors there for him. Yeah, a few doors, not a ton. I mean, who can afford, even even without the transfer fee, right? So yeah. City can obviously afford him, Chelsea can. Liverpool could afford him, I suppose, but I can't see a United player going to Liverpool. I, I can't see him going to City even because of the United connection, although we saw Carlos Tevez do it once upon a time. Yeah, I, I don't think that would bother him. Not him, but with the club. With, yeah, yeah, maybe I not. Think, I think he would jump ship and go to Liverpool or he'd go to Man City. I don't think it would bother him at all. Do you remember when, when City was first breaking through as the big, Noisy neighbors, as Ferguson called them, and and they signed Carlos Tevez, and they got the huge billboard in downtown Manchester That's with right. Tevez. It was the best massive troll job you could ever imagine. It was it was so well done. So I can see a big Pogba at this point. I think City surpassed United in so many ways. Maybe they wouldn't be so juvenile, but uh, <laughs> how great would it be to see a huge Pogba poster in blue <laughs> overlooking yeah. Old Trafford? Like, hey, welcome to Manchester. And you can see what he could do, eh, Craig, under Pep's guidance, if he stayed healthy. I mean, he is still an incredible player. Even this past week when he when he came back from his injury, he showed flashes of what he can do. There, there are a few players in the world that can do what he can do. The mm-hmm. question is, on a regular basis, can he do it, right? Yeah, I think, too, if, uh, you know, if he, if he did end up at Man City, say, I think that would show us that uh, a few things, that uh, he's probably not as bad in the direction. Manager, we uh, we think as the best manager at managing superstars. Um, so he's yeah. got that confidence as well uh, to deal with that. Uh, he doesn't care who they are. I mean, look at what he did with Grealish this year. You know, so if you're uh, doing something that he doesn't like or you're not performing, uh, he doesn't care who it is. So it's uh, it. It's that is uh, that would be something that would be very interesting. If he doesn't want him any part of Pogba, that would tell you that he'd be too, too disruptive in the uh, in the camp. Um, is something that he doesn't want to deal with at any price. 
the way things are going for United, though, you can just see him leaving for whoever it's going to be and then just rediscovering his form and getting healthy on a regular basis and becoming the best player in world football. And United, for the second time, can say, man, we let this guy leave. We let him get away. And yeah. what a mistake that was. You know, it just seems the way things are going at United, maybe it'll change next year with, with a new manager, you know, new outlook. But uh, things are not great at United. Playing Leeds this weekend, and that's obviously a huge one. And even Marcelo Bielsa says it's, uh, it's a wonderful, massive game, and it just inspires and energizes him as a manager. Um, before we get to Bobby, uh, Canada drew England 1-1 this past week in the Women's uh, Arnold Cup. And... Uh, yeah, great goal by Jesse, by uh, Jillian Becky, by the way. I think Fleming was captain, actually, which makes me feel so, so old with uh, Christine, of course, uh, missing this one because of the death of her mother. Um, this past week, Craig, the CSA advertised for a head of women's professional soccer position. Obviously, they're looking to uh, grow the game in Canada on the professional mm. level. Now, whether that means uh, a professional league or it means uh, a franchise from the NWSL, you know, that will be discussed in, in time to come. But it does show the direction the women's game is heading in this country. And that this position, you would think, would be uh, one that would be applied for some pretty qualified people. Yeah, I would think so. Um, and it's great that they put it out there. So, so people that think that they could, uh, in that area, all the best to them. There's an opportunity for you. I think that the women's game is, uh, is I think the league are being part of uh the american league is is inevitable i think it's going to happen uh, i think it's important with the growth of the women's game worldwide that we keep up um we're benefiting a lot of our players from playing in europe and doing really really well um and have a confidence and swagger about them and that result against england was uh, was very solid i mean playing away from home um a uh, new goalkeeper steps in uh, for LeBay, does very well, wasn't particularly perfect on as far as the all game goes. She did very well, Sheridan. So uh, I think that uh, Bev Priestman would be pretty happy with that performance uh, away uh, from home, um, uh, playing in Middlesbrough, I think they were, so uh, against a solid English side. So that's it. That's it. That was a good result and showing some quality and class there as well with uh, some of the Canadian players that are. Uh, we're, uh, you know, basically turning heads in every league around the world these days. Hey, Jimmy, as someone that was ingrained in the CPL from its uh, infancy and you saw how the pathway in Canada has changed now for footballers and how you can develop young players, how important is it then for the women's program to get a professional league in Canada? Is it, is it right now? Can they wait a little bit? What are your thoughts? I think it's very important and I think it's uh, it's been a long time coming. Um I think if you ask any football fan in this country, um, you know, we, we all want to see it. We want it to happen. <clears throat> um, look at, for myself, I, I've got a, I have a daughter as well and she, she plays and, you know, uh, the young girls and women, uh, in this country deserve to be, uh, deserve to have that opportunity of playing professional football in a domestic league in this country. Um, you know, we are one of the best teams in the world. Um, and, why, why do we not have a women's national team or a women's uh, domestic national uh, league? I think it's, I think it's important. Um, it's exciting times. Um, and everybody's been waiting for this. So I, I think it's great. I think it's a great opportunity. Um, you look at the, the CPL right now with all these, these young, young Canadian players now that are starting to, to, to get noticed. Um, 
you know, with them by, by MLS teams or teams over in Europe, by the national program, they're starting to look at the, the young, young Canadian Premier League players, uh, that are up and coming that are playing week in and week out. Uh, it's beneficial for our national team program. Um, and I think the exact same has got to be done with the, with the women. And we have to have a, a domestic league and it's exciting times. And hopefully the, the owners of the Canadian Premier League are, are on board with it and, uh, um, and get involved and do what they've done for the men. Do you think that that's a, that is a case or a possibility of uh, the CPL expanding into the women's game just amongst the same owners? I mean, I know that they, the system, the cap, I believe, is what, 1.2 million, uh, Jimmy, for CPL. So about 800,000 goes to players, coaches, and then also everything else goes in within that cap. So uh, accommodation included. Is that right, Jimmy? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you're, you're, you're close um, in what you're saying. You're, you're on track. Um, but I think it's, it's, you know, if the CPL teams do get involved, um, it's great as well because, you know, you, they've all got the venues, they've got the infrastructure in place. Um, and now to have a, a women's team, I think it's, it's, it fits. It fits, you know, it gives you extra revenue as well. Um, you know, you're getting more bodies back into the stadiums and you're creating more hype having both men's and women's teams. Um, and, and of course, in the long run, you end up with more fans. So I think it's, uh, I think it's win-win for the CPL owners. Um, but obviously, you know, behind the scenes, they're, they're the ones that are going to be making decisions. But, um, mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's the right time now to have a, a women's league. Do you think that the pandemic would, uh, play a part in the owners' minds at the moment that, Maybe not quite the right time. Need a couple more years all running at, uh, you know, total efficiency and, you know, without the, the pandemic uh, distractions and everything else like that. Do you think that might yeah, play a I, part I, in, in building up? Yeah, I think you're, you know, you're absolutely right. I think if you, if you said this two years ago, they'd probably be going, no, we can't, we can't do it. Um, because we're struggling right now. We're, we're generating nothing. We're actually losing money. Um, but mm-hmm. seeing that we're coming out of this, this pandemic, um, uh, I think now's the time because I think everybody uh, in this country is looking to, to for, for some excitement, aren't they? They're looking for something to to celebrate and, and to to jump on. And I think if if you're going to bring a, a, a women's league in, I think now's the time, especially coming towards the end of pandemic. Um, I, I still do wonder though if, if the next step needs to be um, an NW, NWSL team coming up here. You know, one of the MLS teams investing money, getting a bunch of Canadian players who are high quality playing up here in Canada, you know, and driving the interest. And then from there, perhaps you can build a league beneath that. We'll see. You know, what does concern me a little bit is, is my daughter, you know, was never really into soccer. Uh, just before the pandemic, she began getting into it with a school team, made the school team, et cetera, et cetera, 10 years old, whatever. Um, but then the pandemic hit and sports stopped. And she stopped playing soccer. And now we're coming out of the pandemic and she's lost that, that interest. She's lost that motivation to play soccer. She's still into other stuff. And I wonder how many, not just girls, how many boys, um, are we going to miss out on because of what's happened the last two years and how sports has been stripped away from the kids for whatever freaking reason. No uh, doubt. It's, it's, it's a real problem. It's very, very no, sad. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have a, ma- a massive drop off in uh, participation in this country at uh, 14, 15, 16 years of age. Anyway, um, and it has a lot to do with the fact that the players don't have anywhere to go. 
you know, if they can't make major league stock, can't go to Europe, but you know, might be a late developer. Uh, now you have the CPL and that's the same with the women's as well. You have to keep the core of these women that are playing thousands, tens of thousands of them in Canada, uh, give them another pathway. And I think that a professional league in Canada will certainly do that and help again with the development, which we have to keep up with because unlike we're seeing in Olympic hockey, women's hockey, there's very little growth in uh, other countries other than Canada, the United States. That's not happening in football. Football is growing incredibly strong in teams that never used to feature 15 years ago. England, for instance, 15, 20 years ago, kind of washed the floor with them, you know, uh, most European teams. But as they've got into it, the sponsorship, the attention, the league in England, amongst the Premier League teams, absolutely Bruce in England and, and in Europe. So we have to keep up um, in, a, in, in a sport that is uh, growing faster than anywhere else. I think that's why the support and loyalty that the uh, the CPL owners are showing right now, despite coming through a pandemic, is, is so key. And we should be very uh, grateful for that. Um, okay, guys, uh, let's keep the CPL thing going here. As mentioned, massive games coming up for Forge FC. It was a massive game this past week, of course. Here is Bobby Smyrniatos. As promised, as Charm said, we have Bobby on the show. It's clean out of his... Uh Result, not the result probably that you would have wanted, I guess. Uh, I'll, I'll ask more about that. But before we get into it, Bobby, I've got to say that, tell me if I'm wrong in any of this, but building up this game beforehand, when we had you on a couple of weeks ago, we talked about, you know, from less than three years ago, remarkable progress and uh, achievements in the Canadian Premier League with the pandemic, all this involved. And then you end up somehow miraculously finding yourself in the CONCACAF Champions League, the last 16. And this is going into the match. And we're like, you know, I'm looking at Cruz Azul, like, you know, this is a superpower in, in CONCACAF and uh, very, very well supported. In fact, on Twitter, they've got 2 million followers. I looked at four, it's just 10,600 on Twitter. Um, that's, they have more than the Toronto Maple Leafs here in town. Uh, massive club. Uh, so it's a David and Goliath thing. Um, shoestring budget in comparison. To the rest of the teams, let's be fair. Uh, I reckon there was probably 10 players on Cruz Azul that made more than the whole entire Forge team put together. Um, and yet you had three deputants, I believe, started on Wednesday night. You didn't, you stuck with your philosophy, your, you stuck with your fundamentals, what you believed in and put a belief in these group of players that by all reckoning should not be competing against a team like Cruz Azul, and they did compete. And I've, I'm so proud of the way you guys what you guys put together. It was just really something that maybe gave everybody a feeling, and I'll let you go with it, and how you've done what you've done so far, and, and how you put this group of players together that have just done a remarkable job. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, getting into the game, belief is everything. Um, you know, uh, I don't think uh, there's been a war in the world where one side who was uh, smaller walked into it uh, without their weapons or without their tactical uh, strategy. Um, so it's no different in, in football and in sports. Um, so we, we had to come up with a, with a good strategy to neutralize as much of uh, all of the things you just brought up. Um, because there are, they are a massive club. Uh, the quality of players throughout their squad from 1 to 30 is is very deep on whoever they're putting into the field. I mean, um, Abraham, who started at left center back for them, was his first game. They just transferred over from uh, La Liga for seven million. Um, so you see a guy who's come into uh, into the lineup like that. Um, but at the same time, you have to stick to your principles and your philosophy. 
you know, you, you can change your whole game for, for one or two games. Um, but I don't see a purpose in that. I, I see you're going to grow more in strength as a team, no matter what the result is, if you stick as much as you can to, to what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And we have a massive challenge coming up ahead of us on Thursday. You know, before this last game on, on Wednesday, I think to a lot of neutral people, they'll look at the game and say, well, maybe it's a foregone conclusion. Uh, but that's never something in my head. And it's the same thing going into Thursday at the Azteca. Yeah, we have to do something that's remarkable, but we're going to prepare ourselves as best as possible to do that. We gained a lot from this game on Wednesday. And uh, as much of positives we take, you know, we're disappointed coming out of a game against Cruz Azul in Champions League um, for not having a result on the day. And I think that shows how good we were on that day with uh, minimal preparation, you know, being at the beginning of our season as opposed to them who are in mid-season form. So I'm extremely proud of the group uh, on that end. And yeah, we're disappointed in the results. So that gives us a lot to look forward to. Yeah, your, your fitness levels were incredibly high. I was really impressed by that. And you haven't played for so long. How have you done that? Cold weather, you've got to play inside an awful lot as well. But And there's also, you mentioned about your philosophy and sticking to that. It's one thing saying that, but there's guys like me and Jimmy who go out in the field and they can screw that right up because we just ignore you and we just punt the ball everywhere. Yeah, I think it's... Uh... Hopefully these guys are, are listening to what I'm saying in there and, uh, and you know, to all of the staff. And, uh, and we told them from the beginning, you know, this, this is a game that needs tactical concentration. You know, beyond all the small little things in the game, it's tactical concentration and physical output. Yeah. Stick to what we're kind of asking to and, and put in massive, uh, maximum physical output. That's the only thing that's going to help you in these games. Yeah. Bobby, if you, you look at your squad and you've got some, some great experience, you've got good depth, how much do you rely on Ashton Morgan, who was a great signing for you, uh, Campbell coming in as well, Becker, um, Janssen, all these players. How much do you rely on them going into these matches, knowing how difficult it is and the demand and lack of preparation that you've you've really uh, experienced going into these games? Yeah, first thing, you, you look at that core group that uh, we've had here, Jimmy, and you know them well from uh, from the years of us competing with each other. And that core group has gone through 16 games in CONCACAF League. And each time it was something different in a different environment, a different challenge. So you look at those guys, and now you bring in a guy like Ashton Morgan, like you you said, who's played in the competition. You yeah. know, he's he's played in these matches. So just what he brings on the field from uh, from being vocal, from talking about situations, you know that uh, that helps uh, a great deal. But I think you know all of the stuff that we've done in these three years, and having a good core of those players, the Beckers, the Janssen, Samuel, Tristan Henry, all yeah. these guys have been in the highs and lows. Of, uh, of competing on the continental stage, you know, I think, I think that helps you in a game like this. So you don't really look at Cruz Azul as being this massive team. It's another team. And we kind of approach it that way, whether it's, you know, Cruz Azul today and uh, tomorrow it's, uh, it's York, uh, York United. Uh, you have to have the same respect all across the board and prepare. Don't go, don't get too high for games and don't get too low for games. Yeah. Now I, I look at your, your, your squad, Bobby. Um, and over the last few years, just how good it is and how competitive you guys have been. Um, you know, and I've had the experience of, of coaching against you and just seeing tactically how you work. And, and for me, you're arguably one of the best coaches in this country. Um, and you're on a spot right now with this team where you, where you absolutely deserve to be. And you and your brother have, have really built a great squad. You've got a good, good relationship with one another and an understanding of players that you want to bring in. How beneficial is it now when you're talking to players and you're recruiting um, and explaining to them what you've done over the last three years, but also having that carrot of Champions League football that you can offer, which other clubs can't? 
Yeah, I think that's important, right? Because in many ways, in, in recruiting players and bringing players, it's, it's about telling stories. Um, but in this situation, it's not really a story that you're telling that may happen. It's something that's reality. So, you know, you can always talk about where you want to be, where you want to go. Um, but we're in a, in a lucky position uh, as a club that we've done a lot of this stuff in the last few years. So it's a reality here and, and we want to keep the standard there. And, you know, that's the toughest thing in, in, in sport. And you guys know it as playing for so many years at the, at the highest level. It's, it's how do you continue this? How do you keep the guys motivated? How do you freshen up the squad? And a lot of it has to do with that. And when you've got the ability to compete, you know, outside of the country, I think that's always a massive thing for a player. Um, you guys knew it as players. Whenever you got to play with, uh, with the national team or in any continental competition, at least for me too, there, there is nothing better. You know, you, you mentioned about that and the quality of the team. Uh, down the road, you're you're going to you're going to come into the the nice problem uh, that you had coaching and developing at, at Sigma. But uh, teams are going to come knocking, and they're going to be wanting to buy players. They're going to want to purchase them, and it's going to be an opportunity for the guys to make you know significantly more money potentially. How are you going to deal with that? Because that's obviously been your motto for so many years as a developer. Now you're moving to a, into the side of the game where winning is, uh, is as important as developing. Yeah, as, as important as the winning component comes, I think it's important that we see players move off in this league. And as, as a club, as a coach and a director here, you have to be comfortable with that. Uh, there's no doubt I'd want uh, all the best players here all the time, but uh, you know the food chain in this in this sport is massive, and until we get to the top of the the Man Cities, the Real Madrid, and so on, there's always a way up for players, for coaches, for directors, for everyone involved in the game, and I think that's the beauty of of this game being so global. Um, so we have to be comfortable with that, and we have to also be comfortable with uh, as coaches as freshening up the squad every so often. It's not so much of uh, you need sometimes a, a better player or something else, but you need to keep that competitive level in the team and also keep the players fresh from season to season. And that's a little bit what we've done here. I think, you know, in the, in the CPL, you've probably got a team life of about two to three years. Um, for most teams, I think I've seen it's been about two years. And I think we're ex, uh, we're stretching the lifespan of this team. You know, we're going into year four with a lot of core guys from, from the first year. So maybe it's we're doing something right. Maybe it's what Jimmy said, you know, uh, playing in these continental competitions, you know, that's uh, more of an attraction for the players to be around here in that environment of, of doing things. So I think, you know, all those, you know, step-by-step step help the club keep on growing. Well, you're responsible for a lot of that, Bobby. And and as a goalkeeper, I think it would be wrong of me not to bring up the goal the other night uh, by uh, conceded by Tristan uh, Henry. Um, I wish there was a camera angle, maybe there was, that you saw uh, from behind the net because – I don't put as much fault on him as a lot of people were. Uh, it was a long way out. But the fact was, when you're kicking into the wind, the potential of the ball moving is going to be slower, but the potential of the ball moving is greater. And in my judgment, I think that ball moved six, at least six yards in the air. I don't think it clipped the top of the wall, which is maybe six yards out or so. Um but still, I don't think it's the top of the wall. So I don't think it changed direction. I think it was literally into the wind. And then he slipped a little bit, which anybody can do. And ends up in the back of the net, just like that. What were your I, thoughts on it? Yeah, I always say uh, the position that you played sometimes is the, the toughest and the loneliest position. Um, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're excellent uh, all the time. 
and one slip up and, uh, you know, the ball was in the back of the net where uh, uh, I'll bring Jimmy up as a, as an outside uh, a back uh, bombing forward. You know, you make a couple of mistakes and maybe it doesn't lead to something, but it's a, it's a big mistake. And I think sometimes we zero in on keepers on, on the bat and we don't look at all of the good, you know. Otero and his free kicks. Uh, he's a specialty uh, player when it comes to the free kicks. Uh, I don't think he's uh, he's seen the ball until it comes over the wall. And the wind is uh, is absolutely nuts. Uh, Jimmy's been here on some windy days at Tim Hortons yeah. Field. Yeah, so it's just a culmination of things, and it's uh, it's unfortunate um, that the goal comes in that that way on a day like that. Um, but when you look at a, a goalkeeper like Tristan Henry, for me, he's he's been the best one in this league for for three years and his consistency and. You know, when you look at what you want from a keeper, he's a he's a big game keeper and he's a big moment keeper, and I think that's what he's been for us, and he continues to do it. And uh, of course, with uh, with every keeper, and it doesn't matter which ones we'll talk about, Manuel Neuer, De Gea, they've all had something uh, like that uh, happen to him, and it's just about bouncing back and keep on going. And very few of those goalkeepers are playing in conditions like that on a regular basis. Yeah, it's a tough place to play. I'll tell you one thing. For a course, goalkeeper, it, it is it is a lonely position, and you think as well, Bobby. You know how many times if a keeper makes a save, you run over to him. Oh, fantastic! Well done, what a save! And the minute they let it in, you turn your back on him. He just walks you back to your position. <laughs> a little look of disgust, and then you just walk away. <laughs> it's a different position uh, all around, right? And it's uh, that's who you are. You know, you're the, the guy at the yeah. moments, but. Like in most times, you know, 99% of the time, uh, they're doing the job uh, correctly, just like every other player on the field. But goals come from something special or come from a small slip-up on the field somewhere, uh, yeah. right? And, and and that's the reality of the game. doesn't look at doesn't matter how we look at it. Uh, that's always how it's going to be. Absolutely. So, Bobby, if I... If Even I with the chance now, that, that... If I was to ask you now, you've had wonderful success over the last three years, right? You're an ambitious coach. You want to keep learning and develop. Where's Bobby in five years or 10 years from now? Cool. Uh, maybe a little bit more of a white beard here. Uh, but yeah, you never know. Every year, Jimmy, it's uh, it's about getting better. Uh, it's about how uh, you challenge yourself. You know, I look at this past year, 2021, and, you know, it pushed uh, all of us, including yourself, working in the league to the extreme. Um, you know, with us here, uh, we had a few more games, reaching 40 games in 160 days. And, and you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about the game and, and how to navigate different things. So I think it was a massive uh, uh, year um, for me personally in guiding the team through it with the staff and, and all the ups and downs you have uh, going along with it. So I think, you know, that's important. And like I talked about before, you know, the food chain in football is large. So we always want to make uh, – you know, upward trajectory movements. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I was talking about, you know, here at Forge, we're, we're able to build something pretty special. You know, we've got great ownership group in, in Bob Young, um, just great support all around for what's needed for the players uh, on a daily basis and, and what we've built here for the guys. And I think those little things from, you know, their their training rooms, uh, their lockers, their lounges, uh, what they have every day, those are the little things that make a difference in being able to create uh, a club culture. Um, because, you know, on the game, tactics are tactics, players are players. Um, sometimes you do it better than the other guy, but, you know, that's, but it's about creating that whole environment. And that's what I've been enjoying here is, you know, in, in many ways being able to decide on building that whole environment. And, yeah, we'll see, you know, in five to ten years, who knows what we're all doing. Well, but, you, keep uh, doing you keep doing what you're doing and having the success that you have, somebody's coming knocking. 
Yeah, we definitely have a lot of love for the game, and we're going to keep on doing this. That's for sure. That's it. You know, we we touched on the fitness a little bit, Bobby, but uh, how did you keep this team as fit? And you know, because you can play all the scrimmage games you want, and the, the intensity is 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 usually missing. Um, so to match that, I was expecting their legs, you know, to tire. Especially uh, one of the questions I was going to ask you as well was: Was it your decision to play? With the wind, or did you have that choice? Uh, did you win this toss, or w- what was your decision on that? Yeah, first on the, on the football uh, component or on the fitness component, it's I have a football first mentality. Um, so day one, we get on the field, and I know it's easy to say, but it's uh, it's about the ball, it's about playing, and it's about bringing the guys into fitness in the in the game shape. So we didn't look at this period of preparation for this game of you know high volumes and different things. It was more of a, it's more of a preparation for these two matches because we do have a long period until the CPL starts. Um, so that's another unique thing we have to look at as coaches on how we're going to prepare and also long-term because you don't need one to affect the other. I've uh, been around long enough uh, watching in the background MLS teams prepare for Champions Leagues and then sometimes having problems at the start of their uh, their MLS seasons. You may have lived that as a player too, Jimmy, um, with TFC and having to do that. So. You know, that's a very unique component you have to look at on the physical loads and how you really compare to make sure that, you know, you want to go to four games, six games in this competition, but you're kind of looking at both things a little bit separately. Uh, on the question about the wind, it was definitely taken in the first half. Um, I thought it was important that we were going to try and pin uh, Cruz Azul further into their field as much as possible, uh, make it difficult for them to play and find any rhythm. And I think if we were able to do that in the first 45 minutes, give ourselves opportunities to get the goal like we did on we had three very good chances with Borges, Becker, and then the other one, Borges, on the corner kick and kind of use that to our advantage mm-hmm. to cut, try and get the goal. The mentality is never about how we defend and hold zero, but it was about how we go out there and, and we chase the goal. And that give would give us momentum. It would also give us a good psychology going further into the game as opposed to playing against the wind and maybe allowing Cruz Azul to do that to us earlier. And now you have the mentality of I'm playing this giant, I'm playing this these bags of money in front of me, these good players, and now they're pinning me into my half of the field. So we've got to take all of those into consideration. Mm-hmm. Bobby, you've played, uh, you've played some big games in the, in the Champions League, um, obviously the other night. You've been to CPL finals. What do you say to the players to make sure that the occasion doesn't get the better of them going into these matches? Yeah, usually I have one simple thing I say, and, you know, the guys smile, and I say it's 22 guys uh, playing on a pitch with a bunch of people making some noise. It really, uh, you know, what did you want when you were nine years old? Uh, Jimmy, Craig, myself playing, you wanted the ball. More than everything in your life, if a kid took your ball, you went after him. So let's just go out there. Let's play. You know, leave all the other stuff. Uh, you know, people have asked me about heading down to the Azteca or some of the other uh, things. And, you know, we'll go down to the Azteca and we'll go in our match day minus one game on, on Wednesday. Take the pictures the same way uh, Cruz Azul came here and went to Niagara Falls the day before. But then it's a game. It's a game. Yes, here there's wind, there there's altitude. It's the game. W- what can we control? What we can control is, is our mentality, our way of playing, our way of doing things. And, you know, if that gets us to where we want, great. If it doesn't, you know, we've done it our way. And I think that's important mm-hmm. always when I've grown up in the Canadian system. And sometimes I thought, you know, we lacked for all the quality players we've had. Um, because we have a national team that's currently going to the World Cup. Um, but I've watched you guys play in the past and even the guys before that and so on. There's always been quality in this country. 
you know, I always just thought sometimes is maybe we did ourselves short by by overthinking playing in Honduras or El Salvador or, or so on that way. So that was one thing I looked to try and change in this club when we had the opportunity to play in CONCACAF League, you know, to put that all aside and just say, let's go play football. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think one of the biggest things, even as a community of football fans and supporters from all over the world, all the best countries in the world bring this the love for the game here and our national team kids are, uh, are, are basically of people that have moved to Canada for a better life and an opportunity. And yet in football, we tend to row in the opposite directions. I, I feel almost ethnically we've in the past, we used to have leagues that were, you know, named Serbian white Eagles or the Croatian, you know, it, it was that. And that was how the, how it was collectively nobody worked together and I, i've seen that sort of happen over the last 10 or 15 years in this country that that seems to be happening more there's more collective you know support for each other and if there is i think we're pretty much unstoppable but we still have a ways to go in that direction i think though yeah i think our, our strength as a country is our diversity there's no doubt about that so bring that into every faction of what's going on so the strength in our football i think is our, is our diversity. And with all of that, I think we've got a very positive mindset when you bring everyone together. And we need to take that positive mindset into this sport and always play on that, on that, on that positive thought of, of how we attack in football, how we try and dominate. And you know what? In the beginning, it may not work. Um, but if you keep on that momentum, you know, we've got all of that mix of players, of technical ability, tactical, physical. We've got all those components to be a top soccer nation. You done, Jimmy? I'm just going to ask one more thing and just sort of finish up here with Bobby. Uh, uh, you're heading into the Azteca. You talk about a theater of dreams. Um, you know, the game of the century was there, goal of the century. You know, L.A., they've all played there. It's a, it's just an incredible theater, and you're, you're going to go into it. Could they be overwhelmed by it, or do you play by that same rule that, hey, this is who doesn't dream about walking out and you're going to get that opportunity to do something that would be up in the history of CONCACAF for sure if an overturn this result against Cruzeville. Yeah, well, that, that's exactly the message. Um, the message is, uh, you know, if, if I could take, uh, my, take time back and go back 20 years and be a player, you know, I'd do anything to step onto that field and play. So, you know, take this moment and enjoy it for, for everything it is. Uh, because you just played the team at home and, and we know the result and we know what happened. So why not go do it down there? Now, on the flip side, I'm going to ask you two guys to give me a little pointers on playing at the Azteca. <laughs> <laughs> keep the ball as long as you can. As long as you can keep that ball. <laughs> Which you can do, as I saw the other night. So I have no worries about that. I thought that the guys did a brilliant job. I thought they were brave in their in, in their approach to the game. And if they do that down there and they can keep the ball... I don't think the, the altitude will be a factor. The problem with us, we're playing against, you know, very good Mexican teams who possess the ball and ran. I think we're just chasing the shadows and we just kept giving it back to them. Giving it back. <laughs> I, I think, I think, Bob, you've, you've got enough, uh, enough uh, experience on that pitch as well and guys that have been there and, and are up for the challenge um, and know how to manage themselves as well. And I don't think that the occasion is going to get the better of them. And really, 
at the end of the day, you're right in what you're saying. It's it's about enjoying these moments in football. And these are memories that are going to last a hell of a long time. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why we play it, for these moments. And for mm-hmm. me personally, Bobby, I wish you all the best. Uh, I hope you enjoy it and cherish this this occasion because it, it truly is a, the, the theater of dreams. And yeah. um, some of the players and, and people that have, have graced that pitch is uh, remarkable. And you're going to get to experience that opportunity. So uh, I wish you nothing but the best. And I hopefully you can... Turn them over and get the result that you deserve. That's exactly what we're looking to do, guys. And one last thing, uh, I would just suggest that from the guy's point of view, they can you can use up a lot of energy, uh, emotional energy, just prior to the buildup of the game that you can find yourself, you know, like keep yourself calm yeah. about a little bit and burn guys out. And I think that did to our national team when if it's just the the build up the day before you're in the stadium and then you're just reusing up all this energy but other than that you guys will you guys will be absolutely fine i totally looking forward to it and all the best bobby and thanks again for joining us it's been great again thank you very much guys cheers bobby that was bobby smirny otis this is footy prime news as such on behalf of craig Forrest, dan wong james sharman and myself jimmy brennan have a good one Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market